and welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. After a year in which most found themselves only attending events remotely, the value of in-person has never been clearer. But the meetings industry has also seen the many advantages that virtual events can provide, including greater accessibility, availability, and data collecting opportunities. As travel and gathering restrictions continue to loosen, planners are looking to create events that tap into the best of both the in-person and virtual worlds. In a word, hybrid. I'm Alex Palmer, Deputy Editor for North Star Meetings Group, and on this episode of Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals, we speak with Joe Schwinger, CEO of Meeting Play, about how his company has shifted from being primarily in-person to only virtual and is now helping clients leverage a hybrid approach. He discusses how a year of virtual events has shifted audience expectations of in-person, how organizations can manage the extra costs of connecting with both on-site and remote attendees, and why there are more options than ever to generate revenue with both audiences. But first, this episode is brought to you by Visit Long Beach. Long Beach Live, revolutionizing the event industry. Imagine an event that spans cities, oceans, and continents, bringing people together through the technology of multi-cameras, live stream, synchronized sound, and dynamic light shows. An event with a campus of turnkey solutions to create an immersive stage that engage your guests in a new way. An event that lets your guests, even in different time zones, feel they're inside the venue itself. Live in Long Beach, California, and anywhere, we've made hybrid conventions easy and affordable, and we're revolutionizing the event industry while we're at it. So we were one of those stories, you know, in March of 2020. The phone started ringing on March 9th, and it stopped ringing on March 13th. 100% of our revenue canceled in roughly about four to seven days, and it accelerated pretty quickly. Wow. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we saw the challenge ahead, and we moved very quickly. We had our virtual platform prior to covid uh, modified for a you know COVID environment, we moved quickly. We actually sold our first virtual event two and a half, three weeks after a hundred percent of our business had closed. Four and a half weeks after, we performed our first virtual event, and that was the turning point at Meeting Play. We have grown our headcount by probably 400, 500%. Our revenue year over year has, you know, obviously grown along with that. And probably I would say the best thing about our journey over the last 12 to 13 months, as we've grown the company, we've done so recognizing the downturn in our peers And 80% of the hires at Meeting Play over the last 14 months have been folks that were negatively impacted that found a new home with Meeting Play. The other component of this is that I was the guy that had to have everybody in the room to create, right? 
And the great thing about COVID is that it forced us out of that. We went where the talent is instead of bringing the talent to us. That really has shown in the technology and what we've created. And now, are you starting to see some of that in-person business coming back as restrictions are starting to loosen? We are. You know, we've been in the on-property game for nine years across all of the tools that you would use on property. Last year, September, October, November timeframe, we partnered with Marriott to solve what exactly hybrid was going to look like on property. And for us, it was really just taking our expertise in the on-property components, the learnings of what we did virtually, and merging them together for a unified experience. Once you had to switch to virtual events, digital events, you got that kind of understanding and now we're adding back in that in-person factor that you'd already had a lot of experience with. It was a lot of augmenting, as you mentioned, but here's the key component that you know we continue to talk about is the digital environment, the virtual environments have introduced new norms to people. You know, I, I, I've been saying it's, it's like Uber, right? If I would have told you seven years ago that you were going to jump in the backseat of a stranger's car and love it, no way you would have. And it's the same thing of having live chat in the general session room with other people that are sitting five feet across from you. You know, how do you take something away from them that has become a norm over the last 12 to 14 months, Right. This has, that chat is the voice of people that never had a voice, right? So you have to be thinking differently about how you approach everything, right? Prior to COVID, our, our customers never would have introduced something that could be considered distracting, right? And now it's distracting because you removed a tool from them in which they engage with other people. So you got to you know, a lot internally at uh, meeting play, I always tell people we're going to follow the puck, right? We're going to go to where the puck is going and meeting planners have to do the same thing. You've got to go to where the norms have taken us over the last 12 months. And don't just go back to your original playbook because attendee satisfaction will diminish because you're not keeping up with the norms that they're used to. Yeah, I, I love that chat example from our own experience at Northstar. We, I remember early on our webcast, we didn't allow chat. We were like, no, we don't really want people to get distracted. And then realize that's where you know, some of the best conversation happens is between attendees as they're engaging with the content. And now bringing that into an in-person event, what works so well virtually, the lessons learned there. On the hybrid front, do you kind of connect that's the sort of thing that it would be really easy to also bring in the remote audience into that chat as well. Exactly. You know, and obviously identifying who's in the room and who is watching virtually, but I would say it's not just the general session that we need to be thinking about. Let's take another example. If you look at the exhibit hall, for example, the sponsors in a digital environment have been getting a wealth of data that they've never had before. On our platform, when somebody comes into the booth, so to speak, the exhibitor actually sees that somebody is there live and can communicate with them, right? And then we also offer them the capabilities of going live for product demos or office hours that we call. Well, this 
has introduced a, 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 an audience that they've never had before, right? So in a hybrid environment, right, this is another component that we need to be thinking about. This, the, the exhibit hall and the sponsors make up a key deliverable from the budget needed to put your event on. They now have a different set of expectations than they had before COVID. A lot of it revolves around the data, right? They have been getting gold related to data. And the other component is the exposure. You need to be thinking about how you can take your on-property exhibit hall and lift it to the virtual attendees by on both of those components. So, you know, let's talk about how you do that. Well, prior to COVID, we were in the lead retrieval business, right? And that was a tool in the hands of an exhibitor to garner data. Well, that tool has to flip the switch. It has to be a new tool to unify those two things that I'm talking about, data and exposure. So on our platform, lead retrieval is now an audio only connection into the virtual environment. So when you do office hours, that's literally the people in the booth with all of the other attendees. And now I can hear what's going on. I can hear the chatter and I can be a part of that. You know, I don't like to use this word, but, you know, Clubhouse has introduced a whole new dimension of audio only love. Right. So, again, playing off of those norms. But ultimately what we did was we took an old school. I mean, lead retrieval has been around for ever. And you had to flip the switch and make it a new digital activation for sponsors to be excited about getting on property and not losing what they've had over the last 14 months. And what has the response been from sponsors? The biggest concern was just not being able to get that in-person value. So it's really interesting to see the tables turned in that way where lessons learned from the last year. Now they're really wanting to be sure they don't lose what was working well with virtual only events. You know, honest, Alex, that is the roller coaster of what we've been on. We went from sponsors not being happy to being really hesitant to, well, now you trained me. Uh, I don't want to lose all of these things, right? So we're on this constant hamster wheel of satisfying the needs of everybody. We are still seeing a lot of hesitation with corporate travel budgets. And a lot of the sponsors that we deal with are hesitant because of corporate budgets and corporate travel restrictions to jump on property. We're actually seeing a hybrid environment where we are bringing virtual and hybrid together, okay? And that means that some people that are sponsoring are not on property. So we're satisfying both sides. One of the concerns from from our listeners and, and readers has been, but what about the additional logistical challenges, the cost of essentially putting on two full events simultaneously, if not kind of two and a half, really? Yeah. Wow. That, that, you're coming with the hard questions today, <laughs> Alex. Um, you know, here's what I'll say is that when the pandemic hit, for the first 90 days, we were really educators meeting plan. All we were doing was educating meeting planners and guiding them in the right direction. And this, this notion 
of planning two events, or as you mentioned, 2.5, it very much is the case, unfortunately. But I bring it back to that hamster wheel or roller coaster that we were talking about. Very early in the pandemic, there was education, there was change. But ultimately, at the end of the day, when you look four, six, eight months later, things, you know, to, to use my COVID terminology, we flattened the curve, right? Everything kind of came back and we were able to distribute that workload. And I believe that that is what is uh, going to happen in the industry. The next six months will be very much having to think about two events and how to make them come together. That 2.5 that you were talking about. But ultimately, we're going to flatten the curve. And we as meeting planners and event technology companies will get to one unified delivery mechanism so that you know the planning process, the cost, all the logistics come together. The second part of this that I would say is, and I believe that this is where, you know, meeting play is uniquely uh, positioned. You know, we were really strong, you know, growing uh, tremendously in the on-property sector. We're now a leader in the virtual component. All of these areas are combined together. So when a company comes to us, because we cover all of these bases, we're not planning two events, right? We're planning one. It is more of a delivery mechanism to two different audiences. So when you talk about that curve and flattening it, with the work that we've done with Marriott to understand the cost, the logistics, the operations, we've been able to flatten the curve, in my opinion, sooner, faster than others. The events that we're planning for 100,000 people and 10,000 of them are going to be on property, we've been able to optimize cost and logistics to where the meeting planners are thinking about it as one event. And that's where the whole industry, I believe, will be in the next four to six months. What I am excited about is that not just Marriott, but all hospitality companies are coming to this realization and are willing to adapt and are willing to think of outside of the box ways that they can be a part of that conversation. I hate to you know, keep on going back to my Uber analogy, but I don't think that any hospitality company wants to be the yellow taxi company. And that's what happened. They would not adapt. They ignored Uber. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I would never use a taxi again. And the hospitality industry is at that point right now. What, I, what I'm encouraged by is I see flexibility and I see the desire to move with the trend. And some of the hospitality companies that we're working with, they don't want to be with the trend. They want to be in front of the trend. And that to me is the difference between the Uber moment with the yellow taxis and the blockbuster versus Netflix and where we are today. There's some embracing going on of technology that I've never seen before with the hospitality companies that we work with. Yeah, that's a really great point because I think planners kind of had to embrace technology this last year. Hospitality companies, it's, it's interesting to see them really leaning in. They're not just trying to get people back on site, but seeing the opportunity in embracing a hybrid approach. And uh, you're seeing a lot of venues that are being reimagined to make them studios to connect with the at-home viewers. And Totally agree. What's something that you'd say gets overlooked in the discussion about hybrid? Remember I mentioned we're in a four to six month kind of world of, you know, looking at this in two different perspectives. 
a lot of the companies that we work with that really have to get back on property sooner than others, right? So in the association customers and non-user conferences, they desperately need to get back on property. I would say that one thing that we cannot overlook is looking at our events through the lens of safety, right? What we don't want to do is make shortcuts and become that press of a bad implementation of COVID policies. And quite frankly, now meeting play has a stake in that, right? We don't want to be the platform that was associated or was running an event that did not follow best practices and that negatively impact. So I would say that at least as we are in this rollout phase of the vaccine and things are moving in the right direction, number one not to be overlooked is looking at your events through the lens of safety, okay? And then the, the second component to that is I go back to the statement that I made in regards to treating your virtual attendees like second-class citizens. There is a rush by a lot of our customers to get back on property, and they are including hybrid. But you really need to step back and think about the experience on both sides to create a unified component and not one or the other, and not one being better than the other. Because one of the core components that we've been discussing and we're actually now starting to see is the great thing, is that customers, our clients are starting to monetize virtual which was non-existent, you know, 12 months ago. Why? Because when you're competing with nothing, you have no leg to stand on. But now in a hybrid environment, there are competing experiences, okay? You could go to the event or you make the decision that you don't want to travel. You don't want to do all of that. And you're saving thousands of dollars. But when you are competing with an on-site experience, you now have the justification and the means to monetize the virtual experience. And that is being overlooked. And I know that there's a lot of fear in doing so, but I can tell you on the, the provider side, we are successfully starting to see monetization of virtual attendance. And when you add that, once you're, maybe if you've been exclusively in person and you once that comes back and you're adding the virtual that's that's additional revenue potentially that you're looking at than you had had a year you know a couple of years earlier when it was only in person and let's look at the numbers right so we work a lot in the association and we work a lot in the tech sector i'll use one of our financial association customers their 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 big audience actually was international and from apj but they would always have to fly over to canada the americas north america basically and at best, they were probably having five to 7,000 people uh, show up in person. Their virtual conferences have been experiencing 30 to 50,000 people globally because the lack of having to travel from Asia to America. Well, their events that are going hybrid, the fees, if they can capture 50% of those people, incremental I'm talking, the fees will more than triple the revenue income of what they would have done in person only. So I absolutely agree that do not overlook the potential of monetizing your virtual uh, attendees to look at incremental revenue. And I know, again, like you said, our meeting planners are scared that it's going to cost more and it's going to take longer. But if you go to your 
management team and say, yeah, but we're going to increase our revenue by 50%. There's a lot of justification of putting more energy into it. Well, well, that's great, Joe. I think we've hit kind of the main points I wanted to cover. Are, are there any other points you think should be mentioned? Obviously, it's a huge topic, but any other uh, general thoughts on on hybrid, especially for those planners that maybe haven't quite jumped into it and maybe are having some reservations? A couple of small things that I'll leave you with. First is leverage the expertise of the people that are around you. You know, going back to what I said when we were educating our customers for the first 90 days, There's nothing wrong with asking questions and leveraging best practices of multiple vendors, not just one, right? We're all sponges and and consuming knowledge to make the best decisions for our clients and our attendees. We are definitely in a situation where there's no question to be asked that is invalid. And then lastly, I always leave my last conversation as Meeting planners are the most resilient individuals in the world. They are the most creative. And at the end of the day, let's not forget that you are where you are because of your creativity and using the tools in the toolbox. You now just have a bigger toolbox. What you build is up to you. And that is that, you know, that's that, that is the most successful meetings that we have accomplished are on the backbone of creative meeting planners using their toolbox effectively. Well, that's a, a great note to uh, to wrap it up on. Thanks so much, Joe. This is a lot of great bits to keep in mind and great insights for our listeners. So thanks so much. Great. Have a great day, Alex. This episode is brought to you by Visit Long Beach. Long Beach Live, revolutionizing the event industry. Imagine an event that spans cities, oceans, and continents bringing people together through the technology of multi-cameras, live stream, synchronized sound, and dynamic light shows. An event with a campus of turnkey solutions to create an immersive stage that engage your guests in a new way. An event that lets your guests, even in different time zones, feel they're inside the venue itself. Live in Long Beach, California, and anywhere, we've made hybrid conventions easy and affordable and we're revolutionizing the event industry while we're at it. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review us and check back for new episodes soon.